Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the Browns crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, (laughs) He rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, And between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hey, everybody, just a quick note that we have a guest today, our buddy Ben from the Did You Reddit podcast and Brown's super fan is here talking Brown's schedule and off season with us. But before we get there, a note about our sponsor, betonline.ag, the best place to bet online. They've even bumped the Lakers championship odds from plus 300 to plus 400 following the injuries to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And despite their recent slide, the Lakers still have the second best title odds, only trailing the Nets at plus 200. And if you know me, don't take the Nets. Take anybody else. That team's going to implode somehow. You know it. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Now, on to the podcast. Ben, tell us a little bit of what it's like being a Browns fan out in L.A., I've yeah, I've been kind of uh, I mean I've, I've I keep joking with my other like Browns friends and most of my friends in kind of the NFL fandom circuit about I'm, I'm just still living off the high of getting of getting JOK at 52. I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. still just like living living the adrenaline of that experience. So, um, and you know, seeing the schedule last night, I mean, I, I uh, man, the NFL is 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 uh, trying to keep us in the limelight right now, man, giving us a christmas game and a thanksgiving game and a halloween game that starting game against the chiefs i'm like yo the nfl is is ready for the browns so yeah so ben we'll we'll just start i mean we'll just go right into that so what are your thoughts generally about we just had the draft here in cleveland now we have the schedule release you know I, i don't know how the nfl turned the draft I can kind of get. I don't know how the NFL right. turned the schedule release into an event, um, but that's just how good they are at marketing. What are your yeah. thoughts on those? I mean, it's crazy because I, I, you know, I, uh, I think in terms of my like tiers of sports fandom, I was always like, I was always like Cleveland Indians to the death, and then and then I was kind of like LeBron James, and then it was the Browns, and then it was the Cavs is kind of the way I like to describe it, and it always varies in movements. And the NFL for me has always been this complicated thing where I, I was never as compelled by it. But for the last few years, part of it is because of the Browns, obviously. But then I keep getting sucked into the NFL's antics, man, where I'm like, I keep I keep getting I keep seeing like the way like the way they handle the draft because I like 
do this podcast about Reddit. I follow Reddit really closely. I feel like the way that the communities are engaged online is really good. And it just seems like the NFL is maybe modernizing themselves, kind of trying to figure out where their niche is, you know, especially with the NBA becoming such a pop culture phenomenon where it's no longer just watching games like you're so attentive to it all year because of the players and the personalities and whatever I, th- I think the nfl starting to go about it that way so yeah i mean it was wild i mean I, I also think that the browns in general i think as a browns fan and i i can't speak for other fandoms obviously but i know that the way that they handle their media feels super dialed in modernized like they they like, like keep you engaged at the beginning i love building the browns i think building the browns is brilliant so it's like it's hard to not want to follow every step of the like announcing the schedule rookie camp starts preseason starts you know what I mean because they're the building the Browns is keeping you motivated to do it so how much you want to give Goodell credit for that I have no idea or his team or kind of the greater NFL but I think as a Browns fan I think because we're so hyped right now for the season I'm like the second anything pertinent they could be announcing injury reserves next year and I'd be like all right I'm gonna block off my calendar (laughs) to like make sure I catch it you know yeah. Now, as you as you go through this schedule, what do you think? Did the Browns get enough primetime games? Are you happy with that? Or, you know, I mean, they don't play a division opponent until week eight. Yeah. I mean, I don't let me let me pull up the, the calendar again just to make sure I'm like fact checking it. I mean, my first impression was like kind of kind of what I said. I think that there is a we got these like potentially iconic games like at different points along the season that historically I don't feel like we're as positioned to get. I mean, we're always get the Steelers and, you know, that's always an iconic game, but now we're getting the Steelers on Halloween. You know what I mean? And that's like, and that obviously is something that I'm sure they, I would like to think the NFL gods like saw that and were like, "Mm, we got to do this. This makes a lot of sense. This is going to be a good one. And I think having, having the Ravens before and after bye week, I think is another really interesting narrative that I think they're clearly spinning. And then talking to my brother, I mean, it's, it's, I guess I don't think it's technically a prime game, but it's, it is like knowing that we play the chiefs first, my brother and I are just like, that feels like a budding rivalry. Like it feels like it's kind of starting to move into like rivalry territory. It kind of was after last year anyway, but, but like now I feel like they're really trying to pump that one, particularly with like the, the Mahones taking the spot of Baker kind of in, college and so i mean in terms of like the games that i think would be considered you know like national nationally televised games what do we got we got i know we have uh i think we had four right i think it was you got the the thursday night game against denver uh you got the uh eight o'clock game the night game against baltimore then you have monday night football steelers monday night steelers and then you got the christmas day game uh against the packers yeah, the Browns also got Thanksgiving Browns. though, so yeah. so I think yeah, I mean I think I I I think we would I would always love to see more because particularly like that Ravens <laughs> game last year was so sick and it was and it became you know what what I love about this right now with the Browns I think is especially again living in LA not being around kind of like the the immediate circles of Browns fans every day I'm kind of I'm kind of just like pushing the gospel and kind of forcing it on everybody I know that is kind of on the fence or they don't care. It's kind of the America's team situation. And every time you have a game like the Ravens game last year, it makes it obviously a lot easier because everybody will have seen it and everybody gets to collectively go. That was one of the best games I've ever seen. And then you get to say, see Baker Mayfield's not that bad. And he's also good at commercials and you can do both at the same time, you know? Um, Wait, he's not recording those during the season. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What? But I hear that. I heard that all year. Everybody's always like Baker Mayfield's in too many commercials. I'm like, oh yeah, they're funny commercials. Just let it exist. Stop. Just just move on from that. You know. Yes, and they're recorded in uh, in May. You know, yeah. it, it, it's okay, people. It's okay. He's exactly. allowed to exactly. have a little bit of downtime uh, <laughs> exactly. at some point in his life. Well, say exactly. Like, yeah, I always say the equivalent is like, and you, you see one of my buddies that work at the Ford plant that are at their son's baseball game. It's like, what are you doing here at a baseball game? Shouldn't you be making totally. Mustangs? I mean, what you know? Totally. <laughs> well, he's also, I mean, he's on a rookie contract, and he's, I mean, granted, a quarterback, you know, first pick rookie contract is like a a good rookie contract, but you know, it's like there. He's, I mean, a lot of players are in commercials. You know what I mean? And there's a certainly a bigger incentive, and I'm sure you know he's not a dummy. It's like. 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, he's he's such a likable guy who also, because he's likable, is so hateable, you know? Um, <laughs> and and so, which I, I think is cool. I think it's cool for us. I think it's like, I every time people talk about, I mean, have you guys talked in depth on the pod about like the Rogers Baker thing? We haven't we haven't gotten in depth on the on the Rogers Baker thing. I mean, I I, I don't know. See, I don't. To me, I, I Aaron Rodgers just rubs me the wrong way. Like, I hundred percent. He doesn't talk to his own family, dude. Yeah. He's like he's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> he's a literal monster, and and yeah, he's and so so like why I don't like at least Baker's a nice dude. He like picks up his fans at at the end of games to take them to their homes. Yeah. Like, that feels just like so much better of a, a soul of a team. I mean, granted, yeah. if he sucks, then that's a different well, that's story. Different. But I, yeah, but I, I just think that, I mean, that's the thing with the way I think Barry has been kind of like Barry and Stefanski. I mean, I think watching them, their relationship, this most recent building of the Browns um, or building the Browns was like one of the, I mean, you've seen it throughout, but you kind of saw them as like their brothers. They're psyched to be around each other. They really get along really well as brothers. And so, I think the vibe that they're just creating is it doesn't seem like there's a lot of room for, for bad people, you know, like it's, they're really keeping that away. Well, even still, it just feels like for the first time in, I mean, what, since they came back that people in the organization have an idea of the direction they want the team to go. And it's actually the same direction. (laughs) hundred percent hundred percent yeah and it's it's easy i mean they're all young i mean i've had a lot of interesting conversations with some friends lately too i mean again part of like preaching the gospel of the browns is trying to like recruit people to the fan base is it <laughs> and find people to watch games with me on sundays but but uh i find it really interesting i don't know if it's factually accurate but i think andrew barry might be the first like he's 38 i believe so he's like the first millennial that is a gm and he's a person of color and you have like Callie Brownstein who, you know, is like a, a really strong, powerful woman in the back. And then Stefanski's super young. It's like, it's kind of, it feels like this is a legitimate generational shift in how a, a, an office is run, yeah. which I think is, is pretty, is rare. I mean, it's obviously on the, on the forefront for us to be, to be the ones that are doing it is, is, is amazing, but hopefully we're going to be seeing more of this and we're going to see a lot. I mean, remember when, when Sean, Sean McVay, who's the, the guy for the, the Rams coach, Sean. Yeah. Like how he, like his young energy on the sideline just captivated people for an entire season. Cause people were just like, Oh wow, this is feels like a different kind of coach. Right. I think we're experiencing the same thing with our, our front office right now, which is people are seeing it and being like, Oh wow, this is a different kind of front office, you know? Well, that's the thing you provide those different perspectives with people just of different backgrounds and they're going to see things differently. And it's nice. Totally. Like you said, it's nice that the Browns are actually on the forefront of something um, for the totally. first time. And what seems like since Paul Brown. Was here. Well, totally. well I, I think the other advantage we have is what, when you watch our front office now at a press conference, it's as if they're talking to the fans, not down to the fans. As if 100%. You know, we, we came in here to save this place. Um, you know, it's like, we're just going to come in here. We're going to do the right things, the smart things. And we're going to get incrementally better every day. Not this place is a disaster. And I'm here totally. to save all of you. I mean, that, that seems like that was the case with majority of the folks we brought in here. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels it, it, it has a little bit of the vibe of like your smartest friends were given keys to the castle like what do they do with it you know what i mean like that's kind of that's kind of what it feels like because they're also you know they're all extremely well educated like that's kind of one of the things that people love bring up too is they're all from like ivy leagues and they keep pulling in people from ivy leagues and you know and even the the players that they draft they tend to draft uh you know i I love listening to a lot of their their kind of first interviews um because you know they're i mean especially i've been i've been really hyping up jok for this is i think he's extremely eloquent in the way he talks about life through the interviews that he's been having and i mean he's he's just seems like a very wise person which again is one of those things where i i i I get immediately because of how the front office is functioning right now is it feels like it's philosophical it doesn't feel like it's it's kind of you know like the john gruden like kind of yell at people until they succumb you know type thing which is just not not the energy you know no, I mean, and, and that's the thing is you can, and I, and I've said this, having worked with Gruden is I think he would be a great coach at the collegiate level. Like I think sure, he's a yeah. good coach at the professional level, but he wears out after a certain period of time, whereas totally. at the collegiate level, and that's why I think Saban struggled a little bit too, is that 
that military hardcore mentality totally. with players today, that only lasts so long. Where if you, hey, if you're cycling through rosters every three or four years, totally. like you do in college, hey, man, those kids will buy in for that period of time. And by the time they realize it's bullshit, they're out the door. 100%. Totally. When you're yeah. talking I mean, that's what, yeah. athletes, and your top players are going to be there for five, six, seven, eight years, they're not, they're good for the first two seasons. And totally. then after that, it's like, dude. Have a nice well, day. plus, I mean, when they when they are the ones, I mean, look at what's happening with Rogers right now. Like, kind of, kind of, I mean, he 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 has all of the leverage. He can do whatever he wants, right? I mean, this is another interesting example of where I think the NFL and the NBA is starting to coalesce a bit. Where the NBA, the players have entire all the leverage. They can do whatever, whatever they want. If they want to go play in Brooklyn, they can go play in Brooklyn, right? And I think that we're starting to see an era that with the NFL. I don't know if it was because of some sort of collective bargaining thing or if it's just the kind of the star power of the way they function. But, you know, you are right. Like if OBJ wanted to, because he has a, a bazillion followers on every social media account, right? If he made a stink about something and wanted to, you know, hold a press conference, he could just do it. They're going to fine him. It's whatever. But like he has all the leverage. Nobody's going to keep him from doing that. And I think that that is, I think, another reason why the front office is interesting because you you have, I mean, even when Clowney signed, I was listening to his first interview and he was just talking about, first of all, I love Clowney, by the way. I mean, his, his like smile is just, I'm just like, damn, this guy, <laughs> this guy, like, I know he could literally, I mean, he could wring my neck and I'd break in half, but like, he just looks like a nice fella, you know? Um, but he, he was talking about Barry. He was just like, yeah, I, I met this guy and he was like, this is your GM. And he was just like, this guy's this is a cool guy. Right. Which is just, you don't get to get that with a, you know, with a ver- most GMs, you know, I mean, even even the owners, I mean, I get like the Haslam's are, you know, they're still old white people, but they're they seem nice enough. I mean, I would like for them to buy the tribe, you know, so it's like ooh, that's ooh, that's a uh, yeah. <laughs> slow, slow down, slow down. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, we don't want to buy the Indians. Let's just put it that way. Oh, man, I want I want someone to buy the Indians. <laughs> I want LeBron to buy the Indians who I want to buy oh. the Indians, but. He'll turn them into the Yankees. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Well, it's better. I mean, the Indians are a whole different conversation, but I've like I'm reluctantly psyched about the Indians right now because the baseball is so not fun. But they just keep winning at these like two to one, like single in the left to finish the game thing. I'm just like, God damn, man! Like, I, uh, I was there yesterday uh, <laughs> when they beat the Cubs at the walk off yeah. in, in extra innings. That was the longest two to one game. I Bro. have ever been so at. brutal two to one. It was a four hour game. And I'll, you know, we're sitting there and we're at the game. And we're like, you know, it's like the sixth inning and we're like, we should be in the ninth right now with, totally. with the way this score is. Uh, it was, Oh, I mean, I'm glad they won, but man, that was, that was brutal. I, and the number of people that were like complaining about, you know, well, you know, asking to like move their seats because sure. of COVID. And I'm like, okay, man, like if you're really like people are wearing their masks for the most part, right. if you're super, super concerned about COVID, even with people wearing their masks, maybe a baseball game with 10,000 people is, <laughs> yeah. is not the right place for you to be. Not for you. I'm, just, no. I'm just saying, I'm just, maybe we need to go back to that point of the decision-making I, process. Uh, and it's I not agree. I mean, it's rad. It's rad that uh, that the that progressive field is filled enough to where people are complaining about that, though. Yeah, it is. Which it is, is like, which I think is sometimes not going to happen. But yeah, yeah. the tribe. I mean, the tribe is funny because it, it is definitely like one of those things. I'm just like, man, like I I read that we have our entire payroll is less than like 30 players in the league, individual yeah. players in the league, yeah. and we keep winning. And I'm just like, don't make this the model, please. Like, don't don't. I know this has been our whole lives as as indians fans but like for fuck's sake man like come on like just let, let us just like have a good player that is wants to stay and we can pay them please you know but yeah, that last part's not gonna that last no part's it's not happen. no it's not they might want to stay but they're we're not gonna pay them uh while lebron james is gonna buy the indians and we're gonna become an absolute dynasty the rest of the country is gonna hate it there you go so i do i do have one question for you about the schedule though sure. ben and you mentioned it earlier. I love the actual Baltimore bye week, Baltimore, and I love it for the Browns specifically totally. because guess what? We can prep for the same team for three weeks in a row. Totally. And and, and Baltimore has to prep for us. Then they got to prep for Pittsburgh. Then they got to come back and prep for us again. That 
I mean, it's still a little easy because they they should have some of the stuff in right. in the hopper. But for us, it's hey man, we're prepping for the same team three weeks in a row. Yeah, I mean, we're also coming off of a a, a relatively decent run of games. I mean, I, I think there's a couple blocks in here that are a little scary and. I'm like, I'm undercover scared about the Bengals right now. I don't know if they're going to be a real problem, but I do think that like they might, they might do the Dallas thing last year where their defense is not going to be great, but their offense is just going to be so crazy that it's just, they might come out heavy duty. But yeah, their line's got to step up big though. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, there, that was, I think that that's one of the great potential, like that's like a, uh, I do not think that Barry would have made that mistake, not getting Panay Sewell at that spot if he was the GM. I don't think he would have gone with a luxury Jamar Chase thing. But anyway, different conversation. But the reason I bring that up is because I think going into that, I think we have Bengals, Patriots, Lions, which, you know, three Patriots, TBD, because they did so so much wild stuff in the free uh, free agency. But, like, the Lions are not going to be anything crazy. And then – and then the Ravens, which that's always going to be a thing. That's also Sunday night football. So that's a that's a heavy hitter game, yep. which I think also implies that the conversations about the Ravens are going to be happening going into week 11, not going into week 12. You know, um, I mean, it'll, it'll be all season, but I think they're, they're not going to be as considerate with the, with the, the Lions. And then and then, yeah, I mean, also with the bye week, I mean, that was kind of the big turning point last year. Granted, the bye week comes a lot later this year, but that was all the interviews Baker says this everybody statistically about Baker says this where like it just was a completely different team after after the bye week so I don't know what they did other than had some probably some serious concentrated conversations but I think going into that game I mean hopefully it's it does the same thing because then we get the Raiders undercover scary Packers TBD I mean again like I'm 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 the least worried about the Steelers in our division right now <laughs> for, for for complete hubris reasons I understand that but it is also like I think the Bengals are kind of undercover scary and I think the Steelers are just going to be a weird like you know we're gonna they're gonna be a couple cracks that if they're split open are going to be catastrophic right and, and we don't know what that's going to look like and I also think that Najee Harris is probably going to be a big problem this year so I think that that might be an issue which, you know, may, may give them a little bit of that, like another dimension of their offense that they didn't have last year that, that really hurt them at the end of the day. Grandy's a rookie who knows, but he's a really good running back. So yeah, who knows? But I, I just think that like now, you know, we have people that can like go head to head with Claypool and, and Schuster and, and like, you know, big Ben looked horrified throwing out of the pocket last year in the games we played against him. So you know, we have other people who are going to get interceptions, hopefully, and kind of break things up in the middle. So if he throws one of those like panic passes through the middle, like it's gonna it's gonna happen again. So they just I don't know. I, it's gonna come back and bite me in the ass. I'm aware of that, but like I just am not nearly as scared of them as as one would have been last year. So well, I think the fact that we actually have safeties and linebackers going into totally. uh, 2021 <laughs> totally. uh, kind of helps. Yeah, and and we're gonna have home games again. I mean, I think that that's the thing is like playing playing at home is is like a huge thing, and I think that our fans are so rabid anyway that hopefully that that added weird kind of atmospheric pressure will will add another element that just wasn't there last year, right? And who knows what that'll be? I mean, I think it could also be the same for us, but I but you know I I don't I I think nobody on our team seems like they cave under that kind of stuff and and again like i'm pretty psyched about baker i think he always looks like he's working hard in the off season too i think that he knows that he's coming on to this fifth option kind of what's next thing um i mean obviously he already got the fifth option but like you know he's he's seen the horror stories in the in the press of like everybody talking about everybody talking about stafford and wentz and you know goff and like kind of all the things that happen when you don't have a good successful you know, fifth option take. So it's just going to be an inch. This is just, this is the beginning of our window technically, but it, it also just feels like there's so many interesting narratives that are going to make or break in this year that are going to be really, really important to watch because we're also at the, you know, there's a lot of big contracts coming up. Chubb is very quiet. So you have no idea what he wants to do. Right. So we, we don't like, I mean, I'd like to think he wants to stay and like build legacy, but like he's, He's Nick Chubb, man. He doesn't say anything to anybody at any point. So for all we know, he he might want to go elsewhere, right? Unless he has a bang up season. So 
Yeah, and I'm and I'm absolutely psyched about JOK. I think JOK is going to be like, he's going to be he's going to become. I'd like to think he's going to become like the next thing that we we like point to as an identity player on our team. So. No, we definitely got a steal there, and and I I think you know we were talking about the fact that we we just. I love Miles Garrett. The problem I have with Miles Garrett is, well, other it's funny because you'll say he doesn't get emotional or crazy. You know, this uh, this right. is a guy that's crashing, <laughs> but he's just right. he's other just, than that one time, that one time. <laughs> but um, all of his I, all of his emotion and energy into one isolated event. Yeah, no, I, I mean, <laughs> lunacy. Yeah, I, I try to compare him to like Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas was a tremendous totally. leader, but he wasn't a vocal leader. And I'm not saying you totally. need to have like somebody who's crazy vocal, but you. Like you need somebody to show like a little bit of emotion, and and, and I think that's totally. where you know some of these newer guys that we brought in. I think they're going to bring that that youthful energy and emotion, and as long as they can control it, which I think will be fine because you have guys like Garrett that'll kind of corral them. I think it just it it makes our defense even better because I think sometimes sometimes you can mask your deficiencies just with just energy and the fact that every once 100%. in a while you're going to have a great play. I mean, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing with like the, yeah, Garrett is interesting because he, he and Chubb remind me a lot of each other, I guess, and kind of their, their temperament in a lot of ways where they are like wild over for performers on the, on the field. And then, and then you just like, don't really hear much from them. They're not like super social media active, et cetera. And so I think that they like, it just reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of a boss that sits in their office and asks you to knock you know what i mean like that's that's kind of the the miles garrett energy right (laughs) and which i like because we don't if we have only one of those or only two of those it's very different than having you know a team of of people like that and and miles garrett at this point is also like a seasoned vet in the grand scheme of things yeah and so i think a lot i think he also is embodying the seasoned vet mentality which is like you, you get wise you don't talk your mouth you know you don't you don't say much you don't you're not kind of like talking smack all the time I think he also knows that last year was a weird redemption year for him because he had that such a wild manic like Ray Lewis moment that like I don't know I don't I don't think he probably was eager to step out of line last year he won humanitarian of the year or whatever as well so he's a he's a good dude I don't think that was all PR I think that was like a genuine sincere work that he's doing and so hopefully this year, I think it'll be a little bit more like he, he just seems too wise to get involved in that stuff. I mean, he also had COVID and he and he got knocked out from COVID. So, I mean, I think I know that Mary Kay Cabot did that interview with his mom recently where they she talked pretty in depth about how how affected he actually was because he had he had asthma. So I think that he just wasn't quite the same. So if you're not quite feeling your best, you're not going to be you're not going to have that kind of energy. So, um, but you know, Delpit's going to be high energy. Probably obviously all the corners are going to be high energy, but Ward is also kind of the same way. Like Ward is a quiet leader. He does his job, you know, like greedy is cocky. Delpit's cocky. Newsom's going to come in cocky. Newsom's only 20. So I think that there's going to be, we're going to have plenty of like young, energetic, tough guy playmakers. And then you're going to have people like Malcolm Smith in the middle. You're going to have, um, what's his name the new the new uh the new linebacker that everybody seems to be glomming onto really nicely from indianapolis um uh, Anth- walker. Anth- walker yeah like everybody seems to think that walker is like going to be a coach the second he leaves the nfl like he's he's evidently like quite smart and a very good leader so i think we have enough guys in the middle who can who can help do that um and then if sheldon comes back which i i'm i'm increasingly i think it's increasingly unlikely because we just have um we're just seems like our defensive line is just getting bigger by the moment we keep picking up people left and right so that seems unlikely but you know we do have um the other guy that we picked up in the offseason like was it malik jackson he was the he was the guy from the eagles right that we picked up yeah yeah so he's he's seasoned vet as well so I think we have enough people who can fill that void with like quiet confidence. And then we have enough young guys who are just going to be like ramshackle and, and like, you know, juice is of course there. juice is kind of the exact opposite where he's going to be, he's the vocal leader. Right. But you know, still seasoned vet. So the, the real interesting thing this year, like I think on field on paper, we're pretty good. I think the comment right. we made was the advantage that we had last year with a first year coach 
in a COVID year was you didn't have to deal with any of the off-field shenanigans. And I, I think that's the yeah. one thing that we'll, we'll have to get ahead of. And I'm sure they're already thinking of this because uh, we have a lot of kids who are high energy, both totally <laughs> and, and i just think you know with with now that they uh, the governor just re, re you know announced that they dropping all restrictions in ohio june 2nd and you know cool. i just wonder what it looks like when these kids are on this winning team this super bowl you know potential team and now all of a sudden they have the ability to go out at night where they didn't have that ability last year i mean that's going to be interesting it's an interesting question i i wonder if that is going to be unique to us though because I, I definitely think that there's I, – I imagine most teams are going to have a little bit of that. And I think, you know, it, it will be – it'll be interesting too because I think in, in a place like Cleveland, I don't know what the relationship is like with this in Cleveland. But, you know, with John John J, uh, Johnson and uh, Troy Hill coming from L.A., I think that, like, you don't really hear about that stuff in L.A. because I feel like L.A. is just, like, people are always out. That's just what it is. That's what happens when you live in L.A. or Vegas or whatever you know, where, where those kind of stories aren't that big of a deal. But I know the last year when Jedrick Wills got in trouble for like drag racing and he was just like, dude, he's driving fast on a road that was not drag racing. Like that wouldn't even register in LA. So I wonder also if there's just like a little bit of the pressure of a, a small market team in a small market city that you're going to have a little bit of that energy that in a, in a big city would, would go completely unnoticed. But in Cleveland, it may be a little bit of a, a bigger deal. I imagine Stefanski and Barry are probably like, they're aware of that. They're, you know, what is it like hard work, accountability, something, something. I don't remember what the other one is that he always uses, but, but it seems like people are pretty all in on that idea. Um, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean people aren't going to mess up. And, you know, I think that it, it seemed like they made a big deal about the, the Jedrick Will stuff last year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, TBD. I mean, it'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, uh, yeah, but ho hopefully, I mean, disciplinary and I, I, I do not, I mean, it's such a bummer when that stuff happens because it's like, it just, it rattles everything. And especially if it's a good player, like a, like somebody like Delpit who will be coming back and like greedy, like, what are we going to do about the greedy thing? Like, you know, if somebody like that gets screwed up, I mean, obviously with everything that happened with, um, like, uh, like Josh Gordon, um, you know, that was like, <laughs> It, it's just like it, it becomes this this mythology yeah. versus a um like nobody's disposable when you kind of fall in love with them in Cleveland you know what I mean like it's kind of something that has always been the case so that's always like if, if Greedy Williams never succeeds we're still going to talk about Greedy Williams for the next 30 years because he will have been the guy that we drafted that didn't succeed you know yeah so 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 Ben if you're looking at the schedule for 2021 if you could only go to one game what one right. game are you going to? Well, as of right now, I am only going to one game. So, so <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that changes, but I got tickets last night to the chargers game. Um, and so that, I mean, I, that would not be my first choice, but I do think it's going to be a really interesting game just because the chargers are also a little bit resurgent right now or not even resurgent, but just regular surgeon. Cause they are, they're definitely feeling, they're feeling like it's like, um, they have an interesting young core. They also got a PFF A or an A plus, I think, in the, the in the draft. So they they're they're going to be young and interesting. I mean, I guess looking at the schedule, though, I mean, uh, I would say one of three. So um, I think the Steelers Halloween game would be so sick because that that would just seem. I mean, that's just going to be a a rowdy Halloween, and and I think it's it you know that that's just gonna be that's gonna be so sick that'll be like a really really fun game um even, even though it's during the day um i think that the sunday night football ravens game in week 12 will probably be crazy both because it's sunday night football and because i mean it's away though which is kind of a bummer but um but you know i mean that that'll be that like heavy narrative game where people are hopefully at that point people are going you know, the, the division is going to one of these two teams. This is, this is going to really tell you not only what's going to happen the rest of the season, but also what's going to happen in two weeks. Um, and then that Christmas game at Lambeau, I mean, now granted if Rogers leaves, they're going to be a completely different team that might fall apart. But like, I think seeing, seeing a game like that in Lambeau 
where it's on Christmas, so it already feels like every game is kind of a celebration of the Packers, regardless. I think that that's gonna that would be really interesting, and also Week 16. I mean, I think you're at that point the season is really starting to like, or the playoffs rather are really starting to crystallize. So, you know, you might you might either see one of them pulling away, probably I guess going into two more divisional games. I think hopefully at that point people are saying if we beat the Packers in one of the two games, then the division is clinched and we either get a bye or we're just clinching the division. Um. But, you know, the flip side of it is if we if we go into that those last three games, Packers and and on Christmas and it's like we have to win all three of these to get the division. We have to get two of them to get wild card. If we only get one of them, we're we're essentially up against Arizona for the last wild card or something crazy like that or up against, you know, whatever, like, yeah, pick a pick a team. Then then that that I think is where I Christmas will be ruined because <laughs> it'll be so stressful <laughs> and it'll be, you know, just an exhausting way to uh, end the year. But, but those are the three that I think are pretty, and that's kind of what I meant too about like the NFL really holding it for us. Cause I think if, if the NFL, like if NFL looks at our, our, our uh, schedule right now and they're, they're probably like, damn, this is, this is, this is a narrative ridden uh, schedule we're looking at right now. So. Yeah, I, I like the way it starts, though. I mean, I love the I love the totally. city game right off at the top, just to just to see where we're at, right? And then, regardless of how that game turns out, I mean, Houston is a disaster. Um, oh, complete catastrophe! You know, Chicago and Minnesota are maybe slightly better. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think people still have that Minnesota hangover from like three seasons ago. When, totally. Oh man, they they should have been, and it could have. It's like yeah, yeah, but. That, that team is gone now and they're totally you know, they have totally some pieces but but not so i look yeah going into that chargers game that you're going to be at you know I, i'm thinking brown's worst case are three and one um for sure that point and that'll that'll make that i think that chargers game that's going to be really interesting and it's it's i don't think the chargers defense is quite there um, totally you have some interesting parts and pieces but that'll just be a fun game i mean you know Chargers coming off a Monday night game against the Raiders. Um, totally. That bodes well for us. Um, so. Uh, yeah. I mean, there, you know, it's interesting too. Cause I mean, I think that I was, I was reading on Reddit today about um, somebody was like, I, 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 I'm, I think we're going to go six and one to start the season. And, and somebody immediately charged in with like, you're delusional. If you think we're going to go six and one, but you know, like looking at this schedule, I'm like, yeah, I mean, chiefs, you know, if we win that game, it's it's going to be an interesting long season because people will just be hyping about that game the whole season yeah. which which is you know maybe a good thing maybe a bad thing i mean i think that if we if we come out the gate and we just come out as an absolute powerhouse and everything is clicking week 1 and we shut down mahomes and you know all that shit then like amazing right but that also is going to just be it's going to be such a pressure heavy season and it's just going to be it's just going to be wacky that way. But um, so let's say yeah, we lose that game. We we kind of we go on a win streak. Texans a win. Bears a win. Minnesota's a win. Let's say we eke out against the Chargers. The Cardinals ah, probably going to be pretty good this year. I don't know if they're going to be like I don't think they're quite as co- you know collectively good as we are, but they're looking pretty good. And then. Yeah, the Broncos. Now, the big question with the Broncos, though, of course, is like it, of anywhere that Rodgers could go, it seems like the Broncos is where people are talking, right? So, so if he goes to the Broncos, then that's a that's a Thursday night football game as well. That becomes pretty hypey. Um, and I mean, I don't like the Broncos are like not that good without him. They're not that interesting without him, but. If they if they get him, then like, I don't know. Rogers is such a. He, I, I don't. I, I just he's can't imagine him. Much better of a team. I mean, he's no make them better, but the team around him is is. I don't think one hundred percent better than this team in Green Bay. Well, and and I think that it you, it, I mean, apart from Brady, because Brady's just like like he's just a freak. But like, like you you really un you really destabilize a team when you leave and move to another team right so and it, it doesn't necessarily even matter i mean changing you know like he's going to be playing high altitude every home game right which is which is a big difference right especially for someone who's such an accurate thrower 
right? Your or accurate passer. He so he's going to be in a, a complete new environment. He's already a curmudgeon older dude who's like not a pleasant person anyway, right? So it's not like Brady who goes like, "Fuck it, I'll take a pay cut. I don't care. I just want to be in a, like a warmer place with my friends," right? Like I think like Rogers is like a like doesn't just doesn't seem like he doesn't talk to his family. Like he do, doesn't seem like a nice person. So he might go to the Broncos and just screw everything up, and it might make a huge stink about it, right? Um, but who knows? And then also, you know, we get to week eight after that. I mean, so at this point, a pretty decent run. Get to week eight. That's when we play the Steelers for the first time and a, in division for the first time. Yeah. You know, the Steelers could be like three and four by that point or three and like three and three. Like, like they might not be great. I haven't looked at their schedule, but I did see that they have the hardest schedule in the league as uh, evidently according to last year's um, yeah, they, they open out results. So. So, I mean, they got to, they got to, oh, yeah. Week one, too. Um, yeah, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting, man. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, we, we don't get to get saved by our bye week until way later. So I think if we're, if we're making adjustments on the fly and let's just assume that it's a relatively normal schedule, um, or season rather. So, like, no wild COVID things again. Like, I, we got to come out hot. I kind of don't want us to win the Chiefs game because I do think if we win the Chiefs game, people are just going to be like, this is it. And then it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be a long season of like Stephen A. Smith and and just yelling about Baker Mayfield the whole time. You know what I mean? Which is like, I don't know if I want that. You know, I'd, ra- I'd rather I'd rather like warm up to that. You know, maybe I'm delusional and just playing, you know, 40 mental chess, but I think that that just seems a better a better lifestyle for us. Um, oh, go ahead. I, I was gonna, the thing I like about I just want to jump in on the buy. The thing I like sure. about the buy being as late as it is 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 I'm hoping we're playing a 20 game season. So it's week 13 of a 20 game right. season. Um, yeah. So that or well, actually be a 21 week season, but I, I think that would if we make it to the playoffs, that is an advantage to us having it that late. And and I think you know if we were to you know, God forbid we drop that game at Baltimore, that gives us a nice week to reset because I got to believe it's going to come down between us and Baltimore for who's, who's totally the North. So if, if God forbid we, we trip up, I think we're in a good position too, because it gives us a week to tweak adjust and, and be able to uh, come back and hopefully beat them the second time. So for sure. That, that's a really good point. I, I didn't even think about that. And I, I mean, it all is contingent on, us having like a good season up till then, right? Like if, if we, if we go into that by week, like mediocre, barely scrap, you know, trying to get a wild card spot, right. Versus really like clearly in contention to win, if not sure, surefire winning, whatever, then, you know, that by week, you're right. Like that by week is, and I guarantee that's going to be the mentality, right. Cause I mean, after that, I mean, after that, our season is like relatively tricky. I mean, we have potentially three and a half, or two and a half like good good teams with the Raiders again are kind of like sneaky good depending on their quarterback um but you know like if if we go into it with with that in mind instead of just being like we just have to finish the season and try to get in the wild card if we're going we're ready we're we're prepping for the playoffs then then that yeah that bye week is going to be super valuable um yeah, it's it's oh man, I'm I'm psyched. I'm so annoyed that it's going to be so long until we're there. But uh, but you know, we got we got building building the Browns to keep us occupied until then. There you I, go. I'm looking at that Christmas Day game. You know, the funny thing about that game is if Rodgers ends up staying with the Packers, they have a extreme advantage because he'll be the only person playing in that game that isn't thinking about the fact they're not spending time with their family at Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly see that's 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 a that's a, a amazing sociopathic advantage to uh to having rogers on your team at that point just full ebenezer scrooge energy going into lambo on on uh on christmas <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible wow we he, he can take our he can take our abuse he's the mvp yeah. it's all right well, and it's hard. I mean, you're looking at the schedule. I mean, it, and we're all Browns fans here. It's hard to right. not get excited, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, of course. You see all the moves, and you're like, 
man, this team, hey, a couple of things break right. We're 17 and 0. You know, I mean, you're going off the deep end with it. Of course. And, you know, because you're like, okay, yeah. yeah. Houston, check, W, Chicago, W, Minnesota, right. W, Chargers, W, Arizona, W, Denver, W, Pittsburgh, they're going to suck. Cincinnati's going to suck. Totally. Hey, man, who the fuck's their quarterback, right? W, Detroit, W, right? Uh, and then you're like, all right, Baltimore, maybe, right? Okay, all right. So, but let's say things break right for us. Like, yeah. I mean, you're like worst case in this and you're like 14 and totally. three. 14 and three. I love <laughs> we do this we do this too with like the henny run last year where people are kind of like oh we were just one 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 middle linebacker away from winning the super bowl and i'm just like well yes c- kind of i mean <laughs> would have helped but i think that we still had a way to go you know but that's just the logic which is cool i mean it's exciting i mean again it's like i i um you know i think like i was saying at the beginning of this is like i my relationship with the Browns has always been this kind of complicated one because my, my whole family, it was like the thing for our family growing up, but growing up, you know, it, they were so abysmal and so heartbreaking, especially moving. It was just like such a, a crushing blow. And then I was, I was an Indians fan. That was a kind of my main thing. Like I said, and, and as an Indians fan, I was also grew up with like, you know, 95, 97, losing Kenny Lofton, losing Manny Ramirez, like like all of my favorite players just like running out the door. And and so I think it's only so much, you know, Cleveland sports. I mean, you know, it goes without yeah, saying, yeah. but like even with it, there's only so much like sustained heartbreak you can take as a fan before yeah. you just like fall into this malaise. And so I've completely pulled out of the malaise instead of just being like a passive, I'll watch a game with my dad to like, I know everything about everything, which is just how I also function. I just become obsessed with things. And so, so I think it's nice to be living this high and like letting myself live this high versus, and, and also knowing, cause you know, again, it's like the calves are, a, you know, an utter dumpster fire at all, yeah. like in every imaginable, <laughs> like kind of worse than the worst at this point in every possible way. And, you know, like the Indians again, are just like the, the least fun, good team to watch. And the Browns are, the best fun team to watch that it's hard not to root for even if you are just a passive fan you know which is which is what's nice so yeah and that's the thing is is you know we try to we try to maintain an even keel you know having been in the organizations and things like that and you're totally but it but you see this roster and you see the youth and you see the talent and you're just like, I mean, last season it was hard not every week to like try to like okay let's let's really sit down and try to maintain a balance of, as opposed to, yeah, the Browns are going to win every week. Like why, why wouldn't they? Right. And now it's, it's especially with the defense being upgraded to the nth degree. Totally. The offense is not going to have to put up 40 points every week. You're just, I mean, I'm just jacked for this season. Uh, I'm excited for a season. And since what, like since Bernie was QB, Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, maybe the year they came back, I guess, because it was just like, they're, well, they're, yeah, this yeah. feels like a thing, you know, but so for, for two dudes who actually were involved in the organization and kind of have been involved, even if you weren't involved in the organization, I think I heard, I was listening to your most recent episode and one of you worked for the, yeah, you worked Tony for Tampa Bay. For 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of you with, worked for Tampa Bay last Bucks. year. Yeah. I was with the Bucks uh, when they won Super Bowl 37. Cool. So, so in terms of energy, because, you know, obviously being with the Browns for 20 years and that's, that's a different kind of energy because you've seen kind of the institutional change, but also being around the sport for so long and seeing a lot of these, you know, seeing these super teams come through, like what, what is the hype reality of how we're feeling outside of the bubble of, of the Browns? Right. Cause I, I have some perspective. I follow soccer really closely too. And I think that the, the the Premier League, I think, does a little bit of this as well, where you see like Liverpool become a thing, and then you're just like, oh my god, the the coming back of a great thing, right? And there's this kind of major hype train. You can kind of feel the energy of of like the way the announcers talk, the off season transactions, like all that kind of stuff. And so through that lens, what are you feeling in terms of delusion versus reality on the way people talk about the Browns? I, well, I, I think right. I, I... I think right now it's complete. It's all delusional. And, and, and I mean, well, I, I mean, this because like you're the one who gave their draft an A minus too, right? Because you were like, I don't like giving A's. Was that you? Well, well, yeah, yeah, that was me. But, but Amazing. I mean, you know, the minute the schedule dropped on Facebook, you know, as Charlie was saying, it was 
17 and 0, 17 totally, and 0. And it's totally. like, you know, you would think people people would have learned two years ago when we got right, OBJ. Right. It was the same thing. Oh, this is it, man. We're taking off like totally. a rocket ship. And we ended up shit in the uh, bed. Right. And then, um, you know, last year, obviously, we had a great season. But I still think, you, you know, I think sometimes we're kind of, you know, we sit in this Brown centric world where we act as if the rest of the league isn't doing anything to get better. And uh, yeah, right. we've added some pieces, but there are some teams out there that we're chasing that also added pieces also got better. And I think really the key is it's going to come down to just the, the, the coach being able to, and I know this sounds simplistic, but we've got a ton of young talent and we've got a young coach and we've got to make it happen two years in a row. Like, it's very easy. You talk about totally, McVay. Totally. McVay, that team to the Super Bowl. And then, what the hell, man? That, that team is, like, completely off the rails. And, and um, Totally, you know, 100%. So that there, you just, Philly. I mean, look what happened in oh, Philly. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's – I don't know. I, I, like to, I like to keep it close to the vest and conservative, but I get it. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll admit I'm saying this. Meanwhile, last night the schedule came out and I was thinking, man, maybe 14 or 13. You know, I don't know. I, I, Guy can dream. I, I just want them at this point to make the playoffs and continue. To make yeah. The talent yeah, I mean, there. Having, it's, having it's consistency of- is going to, is going to make the difference, man. But that's going to, because that's the other thing I think people have said, which I actually do agree with is this year. People have tape on, how Stefanski coaches right which is like that is something they didn't have last year and I think that that's going to be an interesting deciding factor too where like when we do try to do a play action or we're we're kind of trying to pull some like tricky running shit on on like third down like there's a precedent for that that there wasn't before right which you know good coaches know that and good coaches know how to handle that but you know sorry to cut you off but I think that that is like the one that's another thing I've heard that I'm like oh right right forgot about that yeah yeah, I'm, I'm just not willing to go all in on this team until we have – we have to have three consistent years in a row. Totally. That, that's my rule from – because my, my 20 years there, we did not have that. We didn't have two no. consistent years in a row. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, so – Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I, that, this is kind of why I like my brother mentioning kind of the potential budding rivalry with the Chiefs is because the Chiefs, I think, are – have set that standard a little bit of like we've, we've built a team, the team has an identity – now they're a super good team that is like not the most hateable team in the world. That's still, that's going to be good for a while. Hopefully they've locked in a young quarterback, you know? I mean, I, I do think that I, I love Baker. I think that there are questions to be answered almost like just to get the haters out of the system. Cause I think that's just going to happen. Like, you know, Mahomes and, and Jackson, I think are just such freaks and I don't think Baker is that model. Right. Like I would much rather have him be like a you know a Drew Brees type thing where he just is like good, consistent, can do everything he needs to do for a long time, you know. Um, but you know, like that's like I look at the Chiefs and I go, man, I would love to be a Chiefs fan when they kind of did this because they have a coach that's likable, they have a team that's likable, they've got all the right pieces, right? And then they build on little things. Like they, this year, they pulled in that offensive lineman from 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 the Ravens. Who, yeah. you know, like clearly filling a void, not a sexy thing, but like for the heads are going to be like, thank God. Right. Like we can't, we can't let Mahomes get rattled. Right. And, you know, we've done a lot of the same thing, but next year, if we lose Batonio or something, what are we going to do to fix that? Right. I don't want to do what the Indians do. Right. Where we just kind of like lose a player and we replace them with like a fourth round draft pick. We go, he'll be good in three <laughs> years. You know what I mean? Because that's 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 you know we're I'm I'm so used to seeing that and it's just like not fun right because you you do feel like you're always like hopefully we're you know hopefully we're 500 this year like it'll be a good season we're 500 because we're re- rebuilding which we do every three years right and and yeah I I think that I think that we've turned a corner in that capacity and I think that the NFL is different I think in terms of I keep talking about the Indians because I think being from Cleveland, that's such an easy comparison, but like the reality of the Indians is no, no salary cap. You're always going to get smoked by the Yankees and the Dodgers. It's every team is in the same situation to some degree, right? The NFL is just as fundamentally different because of the different ownership structures. There's some, some different kind of collective bargaining rules. I do think that good, good free agents and good undrafted draft picks can make a really significant difference. So I don't know if they're smart. Then we're gonna we're gonna do what smart teams do. Hopefully, 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just the reliance next season that's going to be placed on young players, right? I mean, Delpit's totally. coming back from an injury. He's going to be in the mix, right? New Newsom's going to be a rookie, you know. You know, with the amount of time and greedy going to be his second year, Deuce. And, you know, when I look at that team that I was with in Tampa, we didn't really have any of that. And we were incredibly healthy for that entire season. And that's that's going to be a key factor as well. So you just have to maintain that health. And that's that's you can't control that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the other thing about Delpit that I think about a lot. And I mean, both of them, I think Greedy and Delpit are really interesting because I, I I really want them to have a good year, particularly Delpit, I think, because he he does seem like he's a potentially extremely valuable player as like a big safety, which I think we're obviously getting a lot of these big safety, small linebacker types. But, you know, like Delpit got injured. He tore his Achilles before the season, which is like, okay. you know, we think about those players now, like is Anthony Schwartz going to tear his Achilles before the season? You know what I mean? Like yeah. these crazy things can happen that we go, man, like, damn like what a bummer was so looking forward to jok and now it turns out that he blank right and so you know we don't know and that could also happen to an obj that could happen to whoever right i mean god forbid something happens to baker right and we you know case keenum i think is as a backup (laughs) is pretty good he's not i don't want him to be the guy that leads us to valhalla right but like you know i i think that there's you know there those are the other things that happen and then we kind of have to adjust and I mean, luckily, I mean, I think the one place I think if we're talking about the draft and whatever that I, I always, I always think this, but I think I was just conned into the the draft speculation, but I kind of wanted a good edge rusher, right? Granted, we do have Tack and Jadavion and, and technically, I guess we have Porter Augustine as well, though I like don't have enough info to like make sense of it. But yeah, but, you know, if we have an edge rusher that goes down, are we, are we psyched about our options? Do we become ordinary at best? You know, I was listening to. Clowney joined um, the the broadcast last night for the for the schedule reveal and and he was talking about his relationship with JJ Watt because every you know he everybody's talking about how Jadavian's never been single teamed right which I think is largely true but he was like well yeah I played with JJ Watt but like if I was injured he was he was healthy if he was healthy I was injured right and so or vice versa and so that might happen right and then what do we do with that I think Tack will probably be better than we we realize because I think so too. They gave him a fair amount of cash and he just, he seems like he's, I mean, him showing up in a suit, I was like, like this guy, right? Cause he clearly is like, wants to rejuvenate his career. I think he feels kind of the like time is ticking energy. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that might be a really valuable option. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm always, rem- I'm also reminded of this where I'm kind of like, man, I got to temper my expectations and excited because I, I don't want to do what happens when you get excited about a team and they collapse where you just kind of go, all right, I can't do this anymore. It's too emotionally draining. Right. And you just kind of like somewhat fall off. You watch the games, but you're not like locked in. And right now I'm so locked in obsessive that I, I think I'm like potentially facing some tragic heartbreak. Cause even, even again, like that first game I mean, first game last year, we played the Steelers and we just got smoked. Right. Or did we play Steelers last year? I think we played. Who uh, did we start out with? Raven. Oh, the Ravens. Yeah, and we got we got smoked. And so, you know, I think that I think that there's if we start out abysmally bad, then you kind of start out with that that bad energy that can permeate a lot of a lot of things, right? I just hope that first game. I mean, it'd be nice if that first game felt like the Ravens game last year, the like Monday Night Football game where it was just like such an unbelievable game. And you kind of walk away being like, ah, we won or ah, we lost. But like, damn, that could have gone either way, right? We're not going to lose on a Justin Justin Tucker 57-yard field goal again, obviously. But like, <laughs> still, it's, you know, that's that's that would be a dream situation, I think. Yeah. No, no. And I think I think everybody's excited for the season. So, Ben, we'll kind of wrap it up here. We know you got to yeah, head out. But we'll definitely uh, – we'll touch base – you know, probably let's let's touch base after that Chargers game. Uh, I love that. I'll, you can I'll give report, us a little bit of the street. Man on the street. Yeah, yeah. Get, get a, and, and tell us about that stadium. Right, we'll be there for Super Bowl Fifty Six. I know. Uh, so we're we're excited about that, but we'll uh, we'll definitely want to hear your input on the on the stadium. The stadium looks sick, from what I can tell. 
in LA and football is a funny relationship. I feel like there are like nine Chargers fans in the whole city because because <laughs> everybody everybody hates the fact that they moved from San Diego to the char to LA. Yeah. So hopefully it is one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I got these horrible nosebleeds for like 150 bucks, but like wandered down to like <laughs> I'm, I'm like on the field at that point, right? Because nobody's in the stadium. I mean, I think that the, the Browns fans are going to come come hard for that one. I have a feeling just because it's also in like LA, and I think there's probably a lot of people around for that. But but yeah, I'll definitely be reporting back from that one because hopefully that'll be a moment where we'll pro we're probably going to be revisiting some of these conversations and with like major egg in face being like damn that was that was pure hubris when we were saying that thing yeah yeah turns out yeah turns out tommy togi is our best player now what happened what's yeah. going on right yeah. and, I, and i'm assuming that's a marketing game too where our marketing department's bringing a lot of our sponsors out to oh, to sure. the Chargers game right that's that's Amazing. one of the weekends that it's like hey you know you get to go out to la you get to go out to the new stadium blah 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 we got the block of tickets. Blah, blah. So there should be a, a pretty substantial Browns fan base that we travel with. Um, oh, I'd be anyways. psyched. I'm really hoping for that. But anyway, um, thanks a lot, guys. This is really fun. I, I will gladly talk about that anytime. So, all right. Sounds good. Well, thanks for joining right. us, Ben. We really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we'll talk soon. You got it, man. See ya. All right. All right. See ya. That concludes Believe in the Browns for this week. Thanks to our buddy Ben out in LA. Hope he enjoys that Chargers game. And we'll talk to him after week five in the 2021 season. Talk to you next week, Bronzebackers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.